Yeah, you can. You can. Uh, you don't have. You don't have to be on right now if you don't want to. Oh, it's not that. I was going to eat dinner and then come on. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. You should my do that. Wife, my wife's slaving away in the kitchen. So, what time is it supposed to be? I thought the show was on right now. Show airs at seven fifteen Central, but uh, Billy's interview is at the top of the hour. So. Oh, so at eight o'clock Central. Yep, nine your yep. time. Oh, okay. We, yeah, we got time to play some games. Okay, all right. All right, we'll we see. We will you. tune back in at that time. Thanks, right. guys. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll, we'll see you in a little bit. Early, all right. Just to make sure. Thank you. See. All right. It's Take like it. I say, I'm I'm the NASCAR driver. All I do is drive. I don't make any decisions. It's easy. All right. <laughs> all right. That's Excellent. good. All right. Thanks. Thank we'll you. see you in a bit. The chatter's okay. on. Did everybody get a sneak peek? We did. I got to pop out the chat because I'm slow here. Here we go. We're popping it out. That's what she said. Yeah. Why can't I pop out the chat? Pump up the jam. Oh, I popped it out, Jesus. and then I tried to pop it out again, and it wouldn't let me. Oh, that's interesting. It out once. Uh, I had to go find a window. Yeah, I think I had a window open from last week. That was the problem. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I had my sound on. Well, you know, sometimes we we don't want our guests to be like here watching us all bored. I just don't think Billy is going to participate in what's in the juke. Yeah, we we often give the guests the option of staying or not staying. Yeah, some some are really busy. He was having dinner with his family. Yep. So. All right. So uh, I think we're going to. We're just going to get going. We're just going to hit it. We could do the cold. Do the cold. You do a cold open. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> Easy now. Whoa. We, so we are. Yeah. Well, okay. So <laughs> chatters. <laughs> we're trying to get things going here early <clears throat> so we can have a little fun, and we also know we're going to probably have a little bit more chat activity than normal. So yeah, Billy went off to play some Zaxxon. That's that's about it. That's. Maybe some Eliminator? Yeah. Okay. So, you know. Exterminator? I forget what game that is. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's what I meant. Yes. Oh, we should ask what he thinks of that. Uh, Joe of what, oh, yeah. that's. I think that's high on his... He probably won't even know the game you're talking about. He'll probably be like, it was my favorite game ever, but I just decided to stop setting high scores and show, like, you know, showing everybody how to well, do it. So, Do you want to take bets? This. Should we take bets? <laughs> See if he knows. If he knows what exterminator is, yeah. Do you want? Do you want to take a bet? I'll take a gentleman's bet. Hmm. How about a buck? I'll bet you a dollar. He doesn't know what what it is. A dollar. Yeah. Is that too cheap for you? Make it interesting. I I don't know if I have anything under like five. You know. I'm so rich. I just don't know if I have anything less. I just don't hit the strip clubs like you do. I don't need the ones. (laughs) I'm sorry. What? Change in fives. <laughs> nice. That was uh, that was for you, Mark. How, how many times do you think we're going to say nice this week? Oh man, I did it again. Yeah. Um, I see. I average about ten times, ten nices uh, a show. Well, that, I'm tracking it. That's not bad. It's pretty good. I used a tool that uh, transcribed the show. It was very bad. It did not quite get everything. Yeah. But. Well, we got uh, 20, 25 people watching already, so let's spin this up. All right. Uh, here we go. Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from... Oh, sir, control panel expert and technician. An inmate at... 
Florida Correctional Institution. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, press 1. Thank you for using T-Medics. You may start the conversation now. Hey, Arcade Radio. Happy 100th episode. I knew you guys could do it. I'm celebrating my 100th day of incarceration. <laughs> I've got a, a new job now. I'm working with the prison warden. Yeah, yeah, I saw that Shawshank Redemption movie, and I got some ideas going. I'm already digging it here, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, anyway, prison warden, he's having me write jokes for him. He, he's trying that open mic thing. Here, 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 let me, let me try one of these out right now. Uh, we'll do it on the prison PA system. Hey, prison, how about them masks we get to wear again, huh? It's like the robbery never ended. Anyway, hey, you guys have a great episode with Mr. Billy Mitchell. I'm going to sit back here and listen in the warden's chair. Have fun and take care. And I kind of run. Start the deck out. Well, that's good. I like that. Uh, he's my friend. I don't see a logical reason why he would need to do it in order to achieve his level of success. Does that make sense? From KOYR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, this is Arcade Radio. Hello, Commander. Computer reporting. Intruder alert, intruder alert. Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 26 of the Arcade Radio Podcast. This is Thursday, June 25th, 2020, and the time is approximately now 7.22pm Central. I'm your host, Adam Stevens. I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Timerner Shields, and Paradise Arcade Shop proprietor and PC replicator, Brian Thurston Howell Armitage III. And joining us later tonight... He's an American video game player and restaurateur. He rose to national prominence in the 1980s when life included him in a photo spread of game champions during the height of the golden age of arcade games. That's right, folks. Our guest tonight is Mr. Billy Mitchell. Welcome to the show, boys. This is going to be a good one. This is episode yeah. 100. Episode 100! Oh, man. We're old now. Yep. So we can just stop. This is it. We're the second longest running arcade. Uh, no, wait. We, only after this episode will it be the second longest running. Oh, we just have to do 101? 
one. That's it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, if we split Ben Gold's episode into two, uh, we're already there. But, you know, anyway, what you been working on, Mark? Oh, crap. Well, <coughs> sorry, I, I started eating an almond. Well, I could do mine first. It's super short. <clears throat> Go for it. Uh, I've been working on Robot Ron, and uh, the sound is back and uh, burn tested. And I need to thank uh, Eugene Mosh for the final fix, which was indeed the 4069 uh, uh, hex inverter, uh, which enables the sound in the game. So you could press the sound test button and get sound, but then you'd be playing the game and nothing would happen. So that's fun. And it was completely gone. It wouldn't just come in and out or anything like that. Yeah, it would just go. It would just be gone. Oh, man. Yep. Pain in the ass. And, and it was an intermittent problem at first, and would, it wouldn't happen all the time. So you'd be, like, you know, playing for a couple of hours or have it on at a party, and it would work for a while and then stop. But when it stopped, it kind of stopped. It was mm. really annoying. My, sin- my Sinistar is in the uh, intermittent uh, phase right now. Well, uh, if they have similar soundboards, which they might, uh, you could... You could try that. I'll check it out. I've got to fix the Joust soundboard. That's been going driving me nuts. What's wrong, what's wrong with that one? Uh, it's just it's playing a bunch of different sounds. I actually haven't turned it on in so long that I need to check it out. You have the wrong ROM chip in there? <laughs> no, it was working well for a while, and then it just kind of like went down. Well, so. I could help you out. Send it over to me, and I'll put it in my machine. I have a Joust, nice. so... It uses, it uses the same 8224 board as the Robotron, so should be pretty easy to fix. I've got it's it's one of those things where it's like the, it's the cocktail version. Well, you know, you have the Robotron, mm-hmm. right? The cocktail version, and it's just those. They're really neat form factors, but man, are they a pain in the neck to work on? Yep, quite. So I just don't want to dig the soundboard out. So I've been really lazy. Yeah, thanks mm-hmm. for uh, getting me those standoffs. By the way, it's way easier. Yeah. To, so, yeah, um, Mark, what you working on? Okay. So I decided that I would install the XD440 Mike Doyle kit that I've had for like three years. Oh. And, and so now I have the XD collection running in the chiller cabinet. It's a little weird. Um, some audio keeps uh, coming in and out based on the game. So, uh, I mean, yeah. the chiller works. So my wife is super happy. I just need to like find the right, the sweet spot in the settings because it seems like all of the games share the same pins uh, on the, uh, you know, the settings, uh, the two places you can set up. Anyway. Sure. Moving on. Okay. Uh, I built, rebuilt the linear power supply on the EDOT, and it worked great for, like, a day. And then it stopped working again. Oh. So, so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you may need my power supply replacement. Really? I mean, I have the arcade shop one, but it doesn't, doesn't do everything. Yeah. There's there's a couple uh, feeds for the uh, AC cycle that it needs and some stuff fun fun stuff like that. Um, and then last but not least, I am working on an animated discs of Tron Translite. And uh, Steve Wesson, who's Mock the Magic Man over on the uh, Arcade Hangouts, he is going to help me with the animated clouds. There's like these square clouds at the top of the Translite, and they're going to be. Cool. Sh- they're going to be scrolling, uh, I guess, left to right, just like they did in the movie. So I'm so excited about that. We'll see how that goes. I mean, I see, like, recognizers are going to be floating by randomly. And <laughs> I thought I would make a little quick video of Bob Zarzadek running across a green screen and then make him run across the back of the... <laughs> see how that goes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, what are you working on, Brian? 
let's see, what have I been working on? Uh, I've been doing a lot of building and stuff, and we'll talk about one of them in the product section. Um, for games, I really haven't done anything on any solo games. I mean, we can like bridge into the the uh, product section. Well, we can do one of the products. I got this guy done. So um, you're waiting for the chips up here. There's a chip called NexP221. Uh, uh, this is actually a Ballycenti uh, cartridge. And so we plugged this in, and I was running Chicken Shift on my Night Stalker. Nice. So oh, I saw a, that video. Yeah. No, it's it's really cool. So any of the 14 ROM games, plug in, play. Uh, and it worked perfectly. The only problem is that I couldn't actually play Chicken Shift because I've got a steering wheel and a light gun. Mm -hmm. And Chicken Shift, <laughs> slightly different control setup. Um, but the really cool thing is uh, I have the artwork. I've been talking to Chris Gack about the control panels for this. He has them already cut out. I can also design them, but I figured if he already has them cut out, I'll take them. And then we're going to use our printer, print up the control panels, and do marquees with a reverse printing instead of the translates that are uh, custom. But anyways, so a lot of fun. Super excited. I've been waiting for like two months for these damn chips to arrive. So really excited about it. But that's that's been my main project the last week. Oh, and by the way, these headers are yes. like next to impossible to find. I found them in two surplus places, like begging, borrowing, stealing. And at first they were like 25 bucks a piece. Oof. And I, got, I got that down a little bit. Not not, not as much as I'd like to. Huh. Uh, Brian Frober said Gak makes those panels. He did make those panels. Uh, he never truly finished them off and they were a little off-sized. We were actually talking about that. And you can't see it here. I actually have a, a hat trick panel here. The holes of the panels are actually shifted, and he told me he cut his slightly long, which makes sense when I started measuring stuff. The whole the whole panel is not centered. There's like an extra one thirty second cut off one end. Uh, so uh, I think I'm going to be buying all of his panels from him, adjusting them, repowered powder coating them, and then throwing them in the printer and printing them up. So I'm pretty excited. Sweet, excellent, excellent. All right. Stars at Atari was engineering. Oh, you're an inventor. Yes, I am. What have you invented? A lot of things. Like? Like a lot of things. Like things that you've heard of. Like? Well, things that you will have heard of, okay? Patents are patents. Arcade Gadgets Welcome to Arcade Gadgets. You kind of, uh, Went out a little quick with this guy because I actually was really excited about this guy. Um, other news that's coming up. So some of you have seen these plates. I'm kind of joking, tongue-in-cheek there. So these are available on eBay. They're like a sticker on the back, but the originals have rivets here in the corners and on the edges. Well, these will soon be available. Not just in a drilled hole rivet format. I actually custom ordered some carriage bolts, 256 threading, and designed a custom nut for the back of the control panel so you can actually screw these together as opposed to using a rivet uh, gun or a riveter or hand pounding your rivets. So you're gonna be able to put these in and what's really cool about this is because we have our uh, direct print system, we'll be able to do whatever you want for sayings here. <gasps> so so nice. I, I made Adam a panel and of course he jumps off now. So I made Adam one that says don't stop believing, believing for his uh, journey machine. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah, no, we're, we're looking forward to having some fun with this. Um, the other thing is I noticed, I mean, this is really subtle, but this is how I get really 
particular about things. If you look, and I don't know if you can see it on here, the grain of this goes this way. Yeah. And Stainless I actually was, steel grain. And it, well, it's actually this is aluminum. Uh, but right. and I was looking at it. Yeah, and like the grain on the ones that are sold go this way. Oh. And so I've been actually telling the shops like, no, they have to go this way. I'm not. I'm not paying for the plates unless they go this way. So we will have these. We will have these with a sticker and no holes, and we'll have them with holes and these new custom nuts and screws. I'm going to have a lot of nuts and screws. <laughs> That's what she said. It's kind of like, I don't know if you remember the episode with Mike on uh, when he told us about like ordering boxes and boxes. And that's basically what happened. It was the same price to order like some reasonable amount as it was to order enough to put together games for the next hundred years. So we have enough for games for the next hundred years. The other thing is, um, you remember these boards. So these are the 6100 um, high voltage power supply boards. And the news today or the new product today is not this one. It is actually Dokert's, uh, Dave Okert's. So he has done one of these and has actually done some really nice modifications. So I don't have one here, but I can show you some of the things he's done. So one thing he's done is added test points along the bottom here. All the axial caps, which you all know are a pain in the neck to get, he's, re he's actually added a footprint so you can do axial or radial capacitors in each one of these locations. And so it's actually very simple just to repair or replace uh, with radial caps. He's also, with the adjustment features here, gone with a different sized, he's used the born, the smaller pots. So you don't need to get these old school pots, you can use the little small new ones. Um, and he really has done some nice stuff with this. He's done a few more modifications. Um, I believe he heat sunk one of the um, resistors that tended to get hot. And then he's changed over actually the footprint for the uh, transformer up here. And we're working on a, actually working together on trying to get a transformer out for that. So. Pretty excited about that. Uh, he did a really nice job with it. Um, he's using it for his repairs, and then I don't know if we'll be carrying it in the shop. But oh. <laughs> but definitely, would... definitely your Bally Midway stuff, though. For, that's going to be in the shop, right? This will be in the shop. These are all ordered up. I would expect to see these in the next two to three weeks. Nice. So, And we'll have this design, the Midway design, and then eventually we'll do the gold as well. But I think these ones are going to be fun, and being able to edit the text is going to be a blast. Yeah, I'm really so. looking forward to my Don't Stop Believing one. So thanks for mocking that up. That. <clears throat> um, I guess that's the on to the next section. The next segment. It's the Arcade News with Adam Stevens. Stevens. Uh, <clears throat> I guess that's uh, me. And so then there's news. <clears throat> and apparently from Game Rant... Dot com Donkey Kong player sets new world record live on Twitch. That's right. Robbie Lakeman, the new Donkey Kong record holder again, earned 1,260,700 points in one continuous run on stream. Previously, Lakeman held the world record with a score of 1,247,700. <clears throat> and so he's clobbered that by... Uh, 23,000 points or 13,000 points. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, um, anyhow, uh, it, I guess and he had that until John McCurdy took that in 2019. Uh, and so, uh, that, that was actually kind of cool. Uh, that happened not, but last week, June 16th. They're 16th. Yep. So, and Billy Mitchell tweeted out, congratulations to my friend, Robbie Lakeman on his new Donkey Kong world record. So, uh, he said, incredible. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to read one other news article. I, we have, I have a couple, but I want to I keep it tight tonight. 
Uh, we, we do have some Back to the Cage stuff. So uh, this is via ABC. Uh, maybe it will do. So Chuck E. Cheese filed for bankruptcy. Uh, I think this was today, actually. They, they announced it. So Chuck E. Cheese, uh, where kids could be kids while parents uh, had to have their numbers uh, uh, of kids marked on their arm before they went in and out. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, it's basically uh, a daycare for children. Uh, is now uh, filed for bankruptcy. So the 43-year-old chain which drew kids with pizza and video games and now with gambling machines and redemption machines was struggling even before the coronavirus pandemic. But it's said that the prolonged closure of many venues due to the coronavirus uh, restrictions led to this Chapter 11 filing. So I imagine this is happening to a number of businesses that rely on people. Um, But Chuck E. Cheese Entertainment has reopened 266 uh, company-operated Chuck E. Cheese and Peter Piper Pizza, Peter Piper Pizza restaurants. Remember Peter Piper Pizza? Yeah, uh, I didn't get to didn't get to enjoy them. I think we had one around here. There's uh, I have tokens from Peter Piper Pizza. So, so how do you the get triple Peter, P. Peter, nice. Peter Piper Pizza? Peter Piper Pizza? I don't, I don't know. Is it, the the really sad part about this, I was actually kind of excited. Uh huh. Out in Colorado, the hospital that I'm going to be working at yeah. in like six weeks, which is crazy. Yeah. Um. There's a there was a Chuck E. Cheese like five blocks down the road. Boy, that would have been fun for like, you to go and pretend that you're yeah, just someone wear of, your doctor's outfit and say, "Hey, I don't have kids." Well, but when uh, I yeah. well, no, when when I was when <laughs> I was at candy? Mayo, they had a Shrek pinball. I used to go and play that all night. Just go mm-hmm. in, sit there. Yeah, I think it may be a little bit different than, even than when you went back then. That mm-hmm. was like seven years ago. Yep. eight years ago. Yep, you have not been since this is woke. Yeah, we're he, all woke now. It's terrible. There's not there's not a pinball machine in those places. Oh no, not at all. Yeah, it's all redemption. It's all ridiculous. And like even the video games that they do have, you win a ticket when you're done playing it, and it's like something where you have to draw a face. And even if you do terribly, you get a ticket. Good so, job. good job drawing this face. <clears throat> yeah, I, there is one more from TechSpot.com that's kind of interesting. Researchers studying old video games to unearth long lost coding techniques so video game historians and digital archaeologists are archaeologists archaeol for, for fuck for i mean for <laughs> jeevers creepers so uh let me try that again video game historians and digital archaeologists are increasingly digging up no pun intended old atari games and delving into their code for clues on how the titles are made given the hardware limitations of the day one game entombed is particularly noteworthy as it has stumped researchers thus far. Well, that's kind of interesting to me, right? Uh, <clears throat> I, I know there's a lot of homebrew guys out there, and I actually have a ton of homebrew ga- You just bought a homebrew game. Uh, I know, my Hellifier. I'm excited about yeah, uh, so, playing it one day. Uh, launched uh, on the Atari 2600 1982, it tasks players with traversing down a continuously vertical scrolling maze while trying to dodge enemies. Since early game cartridges didn't have the wealth of memory to store static maze designs, the developer relied on a technique that would procedurally generate the maze on the fly. Uh, so that, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, I think uh, going back to this old code to, to learn how it works, they should talk to the guys in the uh, Atari Age uh, homebrew forums, for crying out loud. They've all done this. I agree. I don't, I don't know. Deeper into that article, and it, it's quite long. But it says that the guy who actually programmed it was drunk when he did it and cannot, <laughs> and cannot remember how he did it. Like he yeah. had one of those, uh, they call it the bomber curve where you're, you're, you've drank just, just to the right point where like you're a genius. 
<laughs> yeah. I've coded many a line with that. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, uh, that's going to wrap it up for the, the news. I think we should move on to the next segment. Yes, sir. <laughs> back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Back, back to the cave with, with time. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Welcome, 45 Watchers. Hi, I'm Time Runner. <laughs> and this is this is not my show, but I get to have like this little segment where we talk about what happened back in the past. So this let's talk about show? January. Yeah, it's my show, this 1983. Is your show? <laughs> okay, so back in 1983, back in 1983, <laughs> yeah. Xevious was the, was the uh, January 1983 uh, drop, basically, from Atari. It was a vertical scrolling shooter arcade game developed and published by Namco and in North America, published by Atari, controlling the Salvalu starship. The play oh, hey, I have a YouTube link. If you could click that and play the background music while I'm reading this. That you would do? Be strong. Oh, yeah, I didn't even see it. it was at the very top of the page. Yeah. I like it because they added the reverb. Yeah, it's very echo chambery. I like it. Welcome. Welcome. Your player is tasked with wiping out these exevious forces before they destroy all mankind. The Savalu has two weapons at its disposal, an air zapper to destroy flying enemies, and a blaster bomb to destroy ground station enemies. Little known fact, my first girlfriend also named Savalu. <laughs> yes, Savalu Comer Hamburgenstein. <laughs> I really miss her. I miss her. Oh, that's funny. Hey, what's in the juke? What's in the juke? Hello, welcome to What's in the Juke, where we play ten songs that are somewhat topical. We will play a (laughs) song very shortly and sweetly. And, uh, wait a minute, I'm starting to quote like a, a Jack Black song. I think that this is not going the way I thought it was going to go. <laughs> if you can guess the song's title, you will get a half point. Half point. If you can guess the artist, you'll get a full point. No, wait. Half also point. a half point. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, so excited. If you can guess both together. Full point. Yes, and if you don't know, fight it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can't mess with the rule system. You, you just send everybody into a tizzy. They're like, oh my god, wait, wait, wait. okay, okay. So, <laughs> so the, when Adam and I and Brian all see the chat, that chat is the final word. So yep. if you type something and you think that you said it earlier, it really depends on how it finally rendered out for everybody. So that's what we're going to go by. Here we go. Let's listen to our first song. All right, I'm going to play some clips in between these songs. I love it. All right, here we go. This is a particularly good clip. You might recognize it from a movie that Billy Mitchell had a part in. It's called Chasing Ghosts Beyond the Arcade. Have you ever had a kind of dream where it's so you're so awake in the dream you're not sure if you're really awake or asleep? You ever right. had that kind of dream? Here comes your clip. I'm ready. That wasn't that wasn't. That's five seconds. You think that's enough? Oh, Christopher Graham is phoning a friend. Phoning no. a friend. Yes, yeah. Yep, Billy was on. You can go. 
No, Billy, Billy's on in uh, uh, 15 minutes. <laughs> that hang, was hang Space Age Love Song, yes. And it is Florida K of Seagulls. All right. So, uh, I, I think Yoetti got Flock. flock did, did he? Yeah, he did. He got it. So a half point for Yoetti and a half point for Brian Jones. Is that right? Good job, Brian Jones. Yes. Should half we tell point. them they're going to win tonight? Yeah, what are they going to win? Are there prizes? There are prizes. Uh, third place will win Donkey Kong. Oh, nice. These are new by uh, uh, one of our listeners, Mike Page. Mike Page. Yep. Uh, winner uh, number two will win uh, this Jumpman. Huh? <laughs> That's pretty good. Is that showing up okay? And then uh, number three will win the Donkey Kong machine. All right. Love it. All right, let's go. And these are these are magnets, right? <clears throat> Yes, they are. They're magnets. They have lovely magnets on the back, and they'll stick to your fridge nice. or your car. But I wouldn't recommend putting them on your car. Nah. So, all right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, back in this. Uh, let's oh. uh, next the next uh, track. Uh, here we go. I wonder if anybody can get it from that. It's a good one. I mean, it's that's a difficult one. Those are these are you know minor clips. Uh, you know, test successful Bernie. The cars, not the cars. Montrose is correct, Mister Peabody. Oh. What is the name of the song? Space Station Five. That is correct. I'll play a little bit in the middle here. Yeah, that song is awesome. If you don't know what Space Station Number Five Montrose, that is a full point. For full Peabody. point. All right, next song. That's a cool one. Yeah, it's a good track. We haven't played that one before, I don't think. Nope. Yeah, he is. Mr. Peabody is really awesome with his music. I think, you know, we've shortened the clips too, so we know that you can't, you know, you can't sound how these things. Yep, money is correct. Money something. Money close. Planet Scott TV. Cindy Lopper, money changes. Oh, he got the whole thing. Yeah. All right. Planet, Planet Scott, Scott TV, TV. welcome Nailed to the it. show. Full point. Full point. Welcome, Planet Scott TV. All right. I guess I can begin whenever I'm ready. Yep. All right. Here, here comes another track from uh, a, a, a video game movie you might be familiar with. Uh, if I go on a trip, you know, I follow my list of what to bring. Uh, back then, I always kept track of my own personal top five songs. My number one song is Play That Funky Music. Three song is uh, Ballroom Blitz, Hammer, back when it was called M's. Let's do it. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> everybody do it. Everybody's like, Walter Day. I'm like, no, he did no. not sing that song. And actually, it wasn't Walter Day. That was Mark Rubicek. Oh. Fro- Frogger player. It is not Young MC. It is Tone Loke. Yo, Eddie, you were the first one to get it. Actually, Joe Drosen got Tone Live, which uh, is close. Is it, are you going to give it to him, or is he going to get it? I am. Okay. He did correct it to Loke down below, so I think okay. he, he submitted it as a typo. Correct. Typo, yes. All right, let's uh, let's accept it. And who, oh, got, who got Wild Mike Thing? Page, Mike Page in the chat with Wild Thing. Did he get it? Yeah. Yeah. He nailed it. Sweet. All right. Wow, Mike Page, you're going to win one of your own prizes? I'm not, I'm not sending this back to you. You're just going to have to get a t-shirt instead. Yeah. All right. One of the, the baby dolls? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here comes uh, the next track. 
I wouldn't play a candy-ass game like Pac-Man. That's for girls and chumps. The guys who play Pac-Man are not very talented. They can't handle games like Missile Command or any of the real tough games. Those games are more popular because they're easier to play, and the games like Missile Command are not that popular because they're really hard to master, and, and it takes a lot of skill to play them. And trackballs are a lot harder to control than a, than a joystick. And there's three buttons, three different missile bases, and missiles that travel at different speeds. You're harder. Okay, this is it. All right, this is actually from several movies, or in several movies, I should say. But you know what? The the, the scene that I rem- I'm reminded of is opens up the curtains. Mm. And I'm not going to say who he is. But. It is in Ferris Bueller. Yes. It is Sig Sig Sputnik. Brian Frober's on the board. Wow. Love Missile. Mike Page. Half point for both those boys. All right. Half point. All right. This is looking good. <laughs> Yeah. It's Australian for beer. It's Australian. It's a very big can. <laughs> See how it happens. Okay, here comes your next track. Billy Mitchell, video game player of the century. 256 Somebody boards should have gotten over many, many hours. Never dying once. Never missing a point. They had all kinds of people. Oh, you can't do it. Oh, no one's ever done that. There's no way you can do that. Bet you can't. I'd say don't bet your life. Yep, Billy Swire is correct, Brian Frober. You just got to add a Q to that. And it is the Storku, Brian Frober. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give that both? full point to Brian. Full point. What do you say? Why not? Okay, where are we at with the score? Well, Brian Fro- Fober. I don't know why I was going to call him Frober. What well, is Frober? The first place. It is Frober. There's an R. Oh, it there. is? Oh, I have a typo. Okay, I get oh, yeah. it. All right. <clears throat> Brian, you got, you're in first place with one and a half points, followed by Mike Page, Planet Scott TV, and Mr. Peabody in second place, a three-way tie, followed by Joe Drosen, Brian Jones, and Yoetti, a three-way tie for third place. What oh. excitement. Oh, my gosh. We need some, some people to get ahead of other people. Yes. Somebody right. become really good at this. Where's Kelsey <laughs> when you need him? Okay, here comes uh, another clip in a track. The all-around most seasoned person in the hot sauce chicken wing industry? Yeah, for sure. Me. (laughs) I think that's all I can give. That was nine seconds. You know... Andy Baldwin on the board. Boston. It is Boston. Now, what's the name of the song? A four-way tie in third place. It's awesome. <laughs> hey Randy, welcome to the show. I haven't seen you in a while. That's right. Yeah. It is rock and roll band. Dust Dustin Myers. Dustin Myers. He got another half point. Half point. Doesn't he already have a half point? I think he, he had does one. Not. He is new to the board tonight. Hmm. Maybe we should make these points like worth five points. <laughs> We're gonna have to have a couple of points uh yeah. Alright, so we'll we'll make this next one's worth uh I don't know, one and right. a half points. How about three? Three? There's, yeah. Okay, there's a bunch of songs left, though. Okay, okay, fine. All right, two two points. Two each. points. Yeah, yeah, let's move up slowly. All right. All right, here comes your dialogue and your track. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. I play video games, which I think is far superior in addiction than any of those other ones. <laughs> That's a three-second. Similar intro. That one's going to be tough. Uh, Maybe. Steve Merck. Loser. No, it is not loser. 
Is that the name of the band or the song? Not in excess, but although it, it does have that beat. Yes, it, it is Obsession. Brian Frober. Oh, my goodness. Brian Frober. And who is the person singing that song? Oh, Animal, Mr. Peabody. Peabody. Nice half point, half point for both those boys. All right, here comes your next uh, dialogue and track. Everything would have would have fell right into place, but he forgot about one thing. Wait a minute, was I supposed to give a point to both those guys? You're supposed to give a point to both those, right? right. Who? Uh, so I gave Mr. Peabody a full point. Who was the uh, Mr. Frober? Frober, he's at full point. point. Got it for both Done. those dudes. All right, here comes your uh, next dialogue and track. Everything would have would have fell right into place, but he forgot about one thing that I would about me. Convincing Steve Weeby not to be a chump, talking him out of being out of chumpatizing himself. <laughs> is that a real word? I think it is. <laughs> it's so unsatisfying to stop. Human the song. league. No. <laughs> Human league. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, Yo, Yo Eddie, Eddie. I have the tiger, and it is. Lover boy. <laughs> Ryan Sir, Berger. Sir Ryan, Ryan Berger. Hey, Ryan Berger. What's up? Uh, Ryan Berger, for those of you who may or may not know, I think is like the editor or one of the guys that uh, schleps one of those magazines around called um, Classic. What is it, buddy? Classics Illustrated? Sweet. Yeah. No, it, it's, a, it's a retro gaming magazine called Classic gaming magazine. Oh, I hope he quotes us. Maybe be awesome. old school gamer. There, yeah. Oh, love it. He and I are going to talk, so I can say that properly on the air. Old school gamer Ryan Berger, welcome to the show. Okay, uh, next uh, dialogue. Wait. You know, it's funny. I actually have one of those magazines. <laughs> no, uh, did did that's he get a point, Brian? Did Ryan get a point? Yeah. Or are we just observing him? He did. Okay, good. Yeah, we got point. Full point for both and those should guys. Should we make this one a little bit more? Sure. This is a three pointer. Three pointer. Ready? That should put somebody ahead, right? Oh, there's there's people that are ahead. All right, That's good. A wide field. Here comes a three. Is this going to make somebody like catch up to somebody else? Maybe we should make it four. <laughs> let's yeah, let's make it four. <laughs> okay, let's make it ten. No. <laughs> this is for all the. Is that fair? Okay, this is yeah. it. <laughs> Here comes your dialogue and your track. This is, uh, you know, he, he's going to have to play it perfectly. He's at the hardest part of Donkey Kong, and, uh, you know, it's not going to get any easier. Uh, so we, we may have an exciting moment here, uh, or, uh, you know, the, the, the pressure may get to him. One of those random elements might happen. Uh, sounds like he just cleared another board, but we could have a wild barrel or some aggressive fireballs. I thought I was going to be the first fun spot kill screen, uh, and then I had I had three fireballs trap me. I had the hammer in my hand. They still got me. Uh, so anything can happen in Donkey Kong. So uh, for someone else to beat me to the kill screen would be a letdown, but let's see what happens. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll crack under the pressure, and maybe I'll get my chance to do it first. That's so good. <laughs> Christopher, why do I feel like I want to punch this guy? You know, Christopher, mm, pot kettle black. Don't let that guy, he probably want to punch you. You just be nice to him. Brian's a <laughs> strong man. <laughs> Brian is awesome. He, yeah. I think he retired maybe a little too early. It is Joe Esposito, Mr. Peabody. And uh, I guess we're going to give Andy Baldwin the other that's, half of that. That's right. And, and who... So that's two points each. We've got Joe Esposito. 
Mr. Peabody. Mr. Peabody. Two points. Two points. That's my. Well, I can tell you what happened. Mr. Oh. Peabody won. What? He got. Yeah, he's now in first place with those extra with those two points. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Well, Mr. Peabody, um, you're taking home a Donkey Kong uh, arcade machine magnet. And uh, Brian Fober and Andy Baldwin tied for second place. So technically, those are our second and third place winners. Okay, so we have uh, who wants? Uh, I guess we'll just draw lots. All right. Uh, someone's getting a Jumpman and someone's getting a Donkey Kong. So, Mark, why don't you pick a number one through five, and that's going to be the second place winner. One. Okay, the number was three, so oh. that doesn't work. Oh shit. <laughs> Pick a smaller, pick a smaller range or a bigger okay, range. Okay, let's let's do three. One is closer. One is closer to three than it is five. So, uh, that means Donkey Kong goes to the second place winner. Okay. And then right. third place winner gets Jumpman, whoever that is. All right. So we'll send those out. I got a pile of stuff that needs to go out this week and uh, a bunch of moldoramas. Uh, magnets. I think there's a couple of pins in here still, so we'll we'll tally it all up. It's time to go. Billy rage quit. No, he didn't rage quit. Oh, he's just uh, stepping aside. Yeah, is that like an 85 inch TV? What's happening, Max? I don't know. Nice. Yeah, I mean, if it's uh, maybe we should dial him in. He's right there. Oh, he dialed himself in. Excellent. Well, let me re-add him to the video so people can okay. see him. Yeah, sound. Yeah, I had this problem before. Can you hear us, Billy? Unfortunately, I can hear you. Unfortunately. (laughs) So, yeah, that's interesting. He was on before. Welcome. Yeah, it's just a problem with uh, Skype. I will... I'll be right back. Don't go away. Now it's just me. One of our most favorite arcades has that. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, we actually took over the whole building, so we'll have to get you back up here sometime. <laughs> well, remember, remember when I was there, without giving it away, I gave you an idea, and I don't know if you ever did it. Although you did send me a diagram, I gave I, you an idea as a base for a Donkey Kong. Do you remember you that? I have it sketched up. I have it drawn. I have never produced them. Yeah, you did. You to do the steel girders. As the base, and so to do like a red powder-coated steel girder set as the base instead of instead of that black. Yep. Whatever it is they have. Yep. And it's it's. Uh, I mean, actually, I mean, I could pull it up here. I can't post it to the chat that we have, but yeah, we did that. I did it to the same scale as the uh, DK, so I overlaid it on the screens, matched stuff up. But we've never run them. I should do that. I I get distracted. I have a little uh, little. Uh, you know, ADHD going on. So I've got a couple of projects that seem to pull me in every different direction. A couple thousand projects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, I um, when you do those, imagine if you had, you know, lighting all the way around too, so the base was lit up. <laughs> we do lighting, and that we can do. So, well, uh, this is this is uh, nice to have you back on the show. Here, I'm going to give a little bit of an introduction here, and then uh, we'll get on with this interview thing that we call interviewing. All right. I, I will say that Billy came to uh, Minneapolis, and he's got a lot of personality things that show up on film. But I can tell you, 
from a personal perspective, I have never met anybody who was kinder to my family. The well, maybe he's never met anybody else. That <laughs> is entirely possible. Oh. And welcome to the show, Billy Mitchell uh, Chatters. Hello. Uh, welcome. You know, uh, Thank you very much. Feel free, to, feel free to throw out questions as we go through this. Uh, well, that, that contrast that you're talking about, the, the personality or the persona that's seen um, on film or in the media, uh-huh. and when you take that persona and then what you actually see or meet at a convention show or um, an event um, like Brian's speaking about for people to come to visit an event and obviously have that persona in their mind and then actually meet me that contrast that throws people for a loop that is without a doubt the funnest thing I do I mean I absolutely (laughs) I mean it's it's awesome it is pretty fun yeah you meet people who are they're on tremendous guard um, and then by the time you're done. They're just laughing along with you. It's really cool. That's fun. So the main reason we invited you to the show uh, is because there was some big news last week. So we, you know, we all know of Billy Mitchell and your accomplishments and the controversy of King of Kong and all the cheating allegations. We know all about the package of materials that was submitted last year to refute all the ongoing lawsuits and whatnot. Um, and we'll, of course, uh, avoid talking about any pending litigation. But the the main reason you're here. Is last week's news. So, can you tell us a little bit about your reinstatement into the Guinness Book of World Records? Well, um, there's two phases here. Number one is yes, they did um, what I call solidify history. I'm the kind of person that I'm never quite um, satisfied with what I do, and I keep pushing forward. And remember, there's the scores from a historical perspective, but what they didn't speak of is the fact that when these allegations came about, one of the things, along with what was produced and presented, that I wanted to do was I wanted to go back and each score that was in question was redo it, uh, you know, recreate that same atmosphere. And that's exactly what I did. So very little coverage for any good news. But every score that was actually spoken ill about, he didn't get it, he can't get it, he won't get it, he's not good enough to get it, you'll never see it. Of course, then when I produce it, Let's just move the goalpost and have another excuse. So not only did Guinness reinstate history, as you say, but you might also say they recognized the fact that it was reaccomplished. Um, they were um, as professional as I had hoped. Remember, I had knowledge and a relationship with them to one degree or another for over 35 years. I was very confident that that part would go well, and it did. Um, I had never dwelled into the world of what it was they had to do. Um, what they do is what they do. They don't share it with me. They said they would take everything and they would be back in an allotted time. And they were with questions, more questions. They went back and forth for a number of months. And then verbally, they expressed the good news to me. And then later they expressed it in, um, in an email. And then they said they were going to produce an announcement. And the most frustrating thing is you can imagine seeing a TV or movie you see everything happen. It happens like in about an hour. Sometimes it would be two weeks, three weeks between communications, usually much more than that. But you're sitting here saying to yourself, what, what, well, what's wrong? Like, you know, gee, what's, you're thinking they forgot about you. And then they come 
barreling forward with a lot of questions. And based upon the questions, you become very happy because you realize they're getting into the meat and potatoes of it. Um, I'd have a hard time other than the time factor finding a problem or anything that I was unhappy about. Um, and they were just as professional as I would have hoped for. But by the same token, if they were going to be that way and I knew they would, I had to conduct myself the same way. If you'll notice, I don't go on shows and whine and cry and spit and roll in the mud and all that stuff because that's exactly what no professional organization would want. And they weren't the only one um, who were who were looking at things. You know, there were manufacturers, there were uh, some people in the game development business that helped me, and they wanted that same professionalism too. So I had to do that, and I had to produce that to everybody. And um, so you I, say manufacturers, but um, would like to keep those on the low down. Oh, you mean like Nintendo and Namco? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> and um, you know, people who were. T- who are, um, you know, active or retired, um, people who worked um, even for other companies who offered me insight. Yeah. Um, that, that, that was very good. I, I was, I will say when I embarked on this, I was pleasantly surprised. All these people over a 35-year history, I didn't come across, and to my surprise, I didn't come across one person, not one, who said, oh, no, 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 I, I don't want to get involved in that. Oh, no, no, I don't want no trouble. Um, because this is a, a hobby that has a ridiculous amount of drama, um, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I, I was in fear of that. And there were some of them who came forward who were helpful, who actually later got harassed. Um, so, and I wonder if they knew that ahead of time, if they would have changed their position of being so helpful. But I was very happy about that. That's good. I, you know, one of the things I think uh, I found interesting was... And there's all, you know, I don't want to go over everything because it's, uh, you know, it's basically been gone over online. You can still find all this information online and there's been all the main controversy and all that sort of thing. But, you know, we were discussing before the show, um, you know, there's a lot of information that was fabricated for King of Kong, which sort of, uh, you know, kicked off a lot of this stuff, Mm -hmm. which included uh, videotape footage and. Uh, websites being created, uh, Twin Galaxy screenshots being created, just props. things, props, right? Exactly. Mark, uh, Mark and I were discussing that. So uh, it ha- there has to be some sort of feeling of vindication and redemption and all this. So, um, and and uh, what's are you feeling that, or are you still tentative, or what? What's your plan going forward? Well, in some ways, um, it comes on different levels, and what I mean is. In a normal world, uh, an investigation that went even further than you presented to a company that has the ability of unlimited um, resources um, to go further than what you presented and to come to their own conclusion should be sufficient. Mm-hmm. But again, that's why I felt the need within me. And when I announced at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo that I was simply going to redo the scores in a public setting again and I would stream it live for the world to see. Um, yeah, so you've been doing when, this for on Twitch for a while, right? You've been yeah. And so but when I said that, I, I as I walked away, I thought I stuck my foot in my mouth. I go, man, I got to go back and do this again. Can I really do it again? <laughs> oh man! So I did. I, I pinned myself in a corner, and I was I was somewhat apprehensive, as if I had gone too far. And that was in um, June of 2018. It's interesting because a friend of mine and I were talking, and we're and 
I think when you announced that you were doing it, we saw the Twitch channel go up. I thought there's no way in hell he's going to be able to do this. He's he's older. His reflexes are not probably as good. Uh, I mean, well, like, see, well, see, there's three guys on the screen here, mm-hmm. and there's one of you I can pick on in particular simply for your honesty, Mr. Adam. Yeah. <laughs> now, a couple. There's been a couple. There's been a handful of conversations we've had over time. Yep. And you were ridiculously honest with me, and it takes a true man to be as honest as you were. You told me your first impression was, oh, wow, that's so bad. Yep. And your first impression, or then your impression moved to like, why is he denying this? Why doesn't he just acknowledge it and move on? Get it past him. Right. And you told me that. So um, I think uh, I, I think Dr. Cornell has a polygraph there if I got to hook you up. So. <laughs> but anyway, so then you, you told me that, well, um, I said I'm going to redo it. And the next month, I pounded out three scores of one million points on Twitch. Yep. And then you scratched your head and said, okay, wait a minute. If he can do that, what would be the reason why he would do it any other way in the past? Well, and, th- and when he- we had Ben Gold on, that's, that was his exact words. Is, uh, why, would you, why would Billy have to cheat? Was his, essentially what he had to say. Isn't that yeah, right? So, so I guess in a perfect world, I would, I would think that human beings are skeptical. Yeah. But then I would think human beings are reasonable. You yourself, now you see me pound out the scores. Mm-hmm. And you see me pound out more scores. Yep. And you see me even call out the score I'm going to get and get it on call or on the second try or whatever the case is. Yep. And so I would think most people would say, wow, apparently there's more to this story. Um, but there's some people who don't. And I, I simply can't. You're talking about vindication. I can't help those people. There's nothing I can do. Nothing. I could do it in their house and they wouldn't be happy. Sure. And, and I, I just got to let them go. But of 100 people, that's one in 100. And when I go to the shows, I see Brian at the shows, I don't even have a negative encounter ever. It's mm-hmm. always positive. And that's what I enjoy doing the most. When I go to the shows, because around the year 2000, I said, gee, I'm, <laughs> I don't need the game anymore. I've fulfilled everything. I just want to be like, an ambassador, someone who advocates for gaming and esports athletes and bring them notoriety and recognition. But I would get pulled back into the competition just because I wanted to, because I wanted to organize things. And for example, like the Kong off. And um, now going back two years, it's like, oh man, I got to go back to this. And originally I just, my son said he's setting up Twitch. I said, I ain't doing that. He says, yeah, we are. And I go, no, we're not. He goes, I'm setting it up. And so he set it up and I don't get to see him much. He's here. He's playing. He's doing good. So it's father and son time. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm playing. And he, I mean, we weren't even on Twitch. Boom. I mean, I got a million. I'm like, oh, wow, that was cool. So he turns the Twitch on and a couple nights later, a million, a million like like that. And so if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here telling you the story and being somewhat boastful about the good fortune it brought me. Um, but now you have two sons. I, Do you have two sons? Yeah, I, I, I had to I had to find vindication, number one. And Oh, sure. Uh, the history of it. Yeah. And number two, I had to redo it again. Yeah. I, I got to give you a little bit of credit, a lot of credit, Billy, because the um, so you mentioned the drama that goes on in the arcade community and that hits all across the board. It's not just in people doing the high scores, but in products and all sorts of things that people try to contribute. And over the years, we've seen a number of very talented people who do a lot of work in this hobby kind of drop off the map because of the drama that comes up. And you're attitude like your approach to it is just really positive it's like hey this is going on and i just kept moving 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that's uh, I, I mean, I think that you know, you talk about being a good ambassador uh, for esports for gaming, and you do. I mean, you present a very positive face. There are people who are off in the the corners screaming about this or that, and you're just moving forward. You got a smile. You're greeting people. Um, you're you're talking about what you need to talk about, and you're just moving forward. And I, I I give you a lot of credit for that. A lot of people get kind of bogged down in the in the you know the the mired in the kind of weeds and whatever and you just you're staying up high and moving forward so yeah it was very difficult during this time um to stick to what i always said and what i always say is you can't let people you know change who you are and your personality and it was probably never more challenging than it was in these past two years mm-hmm. and um so i i appreciate the fact that that you take notice of that i i truly do all right now i want to ask you a couple of questions so you mentioned you have your son uh billy jr right does he yes. go by Billy Jr. or Mitch or Billy? Uh, what does he go by? Well, in the in the normal world, which is not our game world, he goes by Billy and I go by Bill. Okay. But in the gaming world, I go by Billy and yeah, I don't know. He he goes by the boss or something. I don't know <laughs> and then you have another son, right? No, I have a, a two daughters. Two daughters, okay. A one daughter who's um, just beginning law school, which is kind of interesting considering some of the things I'm looking at, but um. And the other and the oldest daughter, um, she's in Orlando. And um, to be honest, she's probably more content and um, more successful and um, in a normal place in life than any of us. So that's know, great. my hat's off to her. That's awesome. And, and you've been married for a long time. How many years have you been married? Oh, since 96. 96. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I've, I've already had two divorces. And, you know, that's. Uh, it's a marriage is a wonderful and difficult thing. Well, well, you've achieved something I haven't achieved. Look at it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got I'm it. winning. You know, Brian, I'm winning. You know, you know Brian Jones quite well. Uh, he's giving you a little bit of hard time in the chat. He said, "Well, Billy is a senior citizen now." And then uh, <laughs> no, Dolly not. Relford is uh, jealous of your hair. Says that you have better hair than she does. So <laughs> you're, you're getting some uh, some fun comments there. I know yeah, Brian. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue with her. <laughs> and Brian has been uh, just, uh, you know, one of the guys that's really um, early on. I think he was one of the ones who one of the first events introduced me to you down at. I don't know if I was down at free play before you're up here. But, yeah, I mean, he is a very big supporter of yours. You know him well because you guys are both down in Florida. Yes. And he um, he immediately called me. He uh, he works for Disney and he has knowledge, insight, wisdom having to do with um, games and filming and things like that. He offered me some advice and I said, oh, I appreciate it. I was kind of surprised he called me. He said, well, he goes, I, I mentioned it on Facebook. He said, but I got attacked. He says, so I just figured I'd tell you. And I said, okay, thank you. <laughs> so no, he's always been supportive. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I couldn't find a bad word to say about him. That's good. I'll come up with a few. I like giving <laughs> him a hard time. Speaking of the uh, free play and Southern fried, do you have any favorite events that you've done? Uh, is there anything that like you remember vividly as like this was a really really great time? Yeah, I think um, I think my most favorite place in the world to go to is like a little kid in Disney World is going to Fun Spot. Okay. Um, when I went back there for the first time in since the year two thousand two um, uh, last year in May, and I met with uh, Bob, the gentleman who owns it, who's the kindest guy you'd ever meet in your life. He's eighty eight years old then. And we talked about 1999 and doing the perfect score. And he remembers it, you know, like yesterday, you know, he might not remember that I called him yesterday, but he remembers that. And he, um, 
he still he's actually still got all his faculties and I said to him, I go, you know, in two months we're coming up on the twentieth anniversary, and he tells me that it's it's the favorite favorite thing that ever happened there for him. And I says, well, what do you think if I um, and let me be selfish here. I had this on my agenda, my so-called redemption agenda to do, um, because it was questioned that I ever did it. So I said to him, I go, how about if I come back here in the fourth of July weekend, the twentieth anniversary, and I I said I I do a perfect score again. And he gave me that thing where, you know, the old people that look over their glasses like this at you, he raises an eyebrow. He says, Billy, you think you can just walk in here and do a perfect score or something? And I says, who do you think you're talking to here? And he laughed and he offered me the place and told me I was always welcome. And, well, we went there and I, I hit it on the second shot and it was awesome. And to be honest, I couldn't I couldn't picture doing that any other place. Uh, you'd have to understand how special Bob Lawton is. And it's certainly an honor he deserves. And. Um, I hope to see him again soon. So, <clears throat> so from a, an event, so that, I mean, that's an arcade. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you asked as far as a place, it'd be hard to match fun spot. Um, as far as an event, um, the ones that I do on a regular basis, like free play, Southern fried expo. Um, if I, you know, I go to the museum of pinball, those are awesome. One time events as I look back on boy, the show game fest in, um, in Austin, where I spent time with, um, you know, Ernie Klein, that was incredible too. Um, um, yeah, it's hard to put my thumb on it. Um, I have a lot of international things coming up. Um, we were scheduled quite a, a couple different places in Europe, but the Corona got us, and so they're delayed. And um, is yeah, that your, is that your text tone? I gotta, I gotta say, well, I gotta say now that the youngest, my son, is out of the house. And now I get to go to these events and drag my wife with me. It's um, it's a lot more enjoyable. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and a little less pressure with trying to figure out what to do with kids. Yeah. Know? Speaking of, yeah. you know, um, because of all the stuff that's going on, you have a, you have a restaurant business and a, a hot sauce business that has been mm-hmm. mentioned tonight. Uh, I was just saying uh, that I I'm probably <laughs> due for a, another case of Ricky's. Um, uh-huh. But I imagine uh, with all the stuff that's going on, you're having a little more difficulty getting people into the into your business. Well, yeah, like everybody else, the corona has got us to a certain degree. And the hot sauce business um, depends more on restaurant, my, in my case, in restaurant business than retail. And I would say everybody's probably spending more money on their groceries than ever before and less in restaurants. So, yeah, yeah it's difficult. It's difficult for now. I just we'll spent 150 bucks today on yeah. myself. How'd you buy it? <laughs> What's that? How can we buy uh, some of that hot sauce online? You can't. Oh, you can't? No, I don't I, I don't sell it to anybody. I give it away if I like it. If I like you, so you guys can't have any. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We actually, he was uh, incredibly nice to us, gave us a case, and we were sending it out with some of the larger orders from the shop for a little while, which was kind of fun. Because uh, oh. we had a number of bottles. And then you had your custom one, which I still have here, with the uh, pack label for right. everybody to see. And we had a bunch of these that we were sending out, and, and people are just incredibly excited about that. So, Well, I'll, I'll, have to get, I'll have to get you some more of those. Yeah, Mark, I have a, I have a few uh, tucked away if you want some. All right. So who – I mean, you are uh, – and this is kind of odd to ask you because, I mean, there's a lot of people that see you as this, like, just – you know, uh, bigger than life person, but who are some of your idols in the arcade world? I mean, you talk, 
you've kind of dropped a few names and talked about a few people, but who are the people that you look at and really admire in kind of either now or history? Well, in the, in the arcade world, um, I was honored by Masaya Nakamura on the stage of at the Tokyo Game Show and when he named me Video Game Player of the Century. Um, what many people don't know is at that moment he predicted that this event and this cultural icon, which was Pac-Man and the perfect Pac-Man, that it would uh, be responsible for a resurgence or a rebirth and re-interest in classic gaming. And that's what made me think, gee, I want to move from what I do into, again, more of a, you know, advocator or ambassador for competitive gaming. Well, after that event, the media cameras started following us and those led to movies. And in time, you know, barcades began to grow and grow. So my respect to him is, first of all, he was right. Um, but as I learned the history of him and what he went through in order to create Namco, um, it's I mean, it's absolutely impressive. It's easy to look at people who were who were pioneers. Um, but if you're talking about in the outside world, um, people that I've dealt with directly or I developed uh, dealt with like their right hand man, so to speak, people like Michael Jordan, people like Michael Jackson, people like Tony Hawk. Um, when you take people that were whether you had an appreciation for their sport or hobby or you didn't, um, whether you liked them or you didn't, the sacrifice they went through to get that good, you'd have a hard time arguing the people that I named, what they did, they did better than anyone in the world. And as I spoke to them and I, I heard about the sacrifice and what it was they did in order to get that, what it is they gave up at different times, it's, it's so inspiring. Um, those people who spoke to me, they talked about not their success, but they talked about their failure, 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 and how that led to success. So I, I've learned from them that you actually take your failure and you embrace it. You learn from it. It becomes a part of your personality. And therefore, you use that in order to, to excel. Nobody ever excels without their failure. And that's 100% true. It certainly is with me. Hey, so um, that... That, that actually brings up a point that I wanted to ask. And this is based on some, I mean, I watched a ton of interviews that you've given over time, but I don't think anybody asked exactly this question. Uh, which is more motivating to you to be bet against or to be bet on? No, absolutely to be bet against. Oh. <laughs> when I spoke and said that I was going to go do a perfect score on Pac-Man, um, obviously, especially the first time, I think the first time was just people who honestly thought otherwise. The second time might have been some detractors. But, you know, well, there's been 10, 000, 10, uh, 10 billion games played and you think you're going to walk up and do it. I says, that's because I haven't tried. Right. And people said, um, you know, you could be wrong. And I says, maybe, but not this time. Oh, I'll bet you anything. Yeah, don't bet your life. I mean, my idea was to take those negative comments and line them up against me and paint myself in a corner to say that I was going to do it. As I say, to beat Babe Ruth and point at the wall, anybody can do that. But who hit it over the wall? Babe Ruth. So um, that was the idea. When I actually went to Fun Spot that time, I went on a one-way ticket. I didn't know when I was coming back because I wasn't coming back until I delivered it. So, 
<laughs> it's and you know it's funny because I I one of the things I really enjoyed aside from uh, meeting you at the events, talking to you, um, and it's always a pleasure. But watching you play the games is just I mean it's we were talking about this the other day and that there's a level of mastery. And I think this is what you were alluding to these people who become so good at things that you will sit there and kind of like play a game and talk to somebody. I can't even do half of what you're doing in (laughs) Pac-Man. Well, you're sitting there like carrying on this conversation and I'm just like, you know, I I will stand back and watch you talk to other people while you're just kind of, you know, going around the screen and I'm doing this and this. And it's just, you just know what this game is going to do. I mean, it's like, it just, it was, it's unbelievable to me. I can't get anywhere on them. And this is a toy to you. I mean, it's really impressive to see. We're talking about that being, so, I mean, as you know, I, I'm a surgeon. It's like having that level of skill and confidence in what you do or you put in enough time and understanding that it just becomes inherent to what you're doing. Like, it's it, mm-hmm. it's kind of a second nature understanding of things. And you show that mastery of it that is, it's really impressive to see. If, if the chatters, you haven't had a chance to see it. Um, really well, is an impressive thing you to know, see in an event. I know there are other Pac-Man players there <clears throat> that are, you know, quite good and, uh, you know, maybe as good as Billy, even though he's the first person to get a perfect Pac-Man in public and all that sort of thing. So, but I, I up until the Mall of America, I had never seen anybody park Pac-Man and then walk away for 20 minutes and talk to the audience, which is, mm-hmm. you know, anybody <laughs> who knows the trick could probably do it, but I didn't know you could do that. And, um, well, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's well, uh, well, the funny thing is when you sit there and you talk about how you can do stuff, you can communicate with others, you can look away, you can actually engage in something other than what you're doing. You know, as as a surgeon, Brian, I don't want you to try doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, hey, I'm gonna take a phone call. We're gonna, we're gonna play Pac-Man while doing surgery. <laughs> but it's but but it's funny you say that because I'm just gonna park Pac-Man, my bone saw be, right here. When I'm gonna be engaging the crowd, Pac-Man is a much friendlier game than yeah. many other games. Uh, Miss Pac-Man's mm-hmm. friendly too. Um, you know, Donkey Kong is just like a second. And um, yeah. And so um, Pac-Man is a better one. And when I go to the shows, I go to the events, playing the games is the very least important thing I do. And it, it has the least amount of um, time scheduled for it. Now I will tell you over these past two years with the need to, you know, prove otherwise, there was a lot more focus. Um, and even to the point where when I was in Dallas at Retro Palooza, the guy there was awesome. I'll be back at that show. Well, his show ended at like six o'clock and I had committed to a kill screen on Pac-Man. And I, I want to do a kill screen on Pac-Man and then a kill screen on Donkey Kong. And I finished at like six or seven o'clock and we all left there and we went to this place because I said to him, I go, where do you guys go? He says, well, we go over to free play. And I go, free play. I go, wow, that rings a bell. And he goes, well, they're one of our sponsors. And I said, if they're one of your sponsors, they help the show. That's why I'm there. I'm going to the show. And he goes, well, okay, you, you don't have to. I go, no, you tell them I'll be there. They had a machine hooked up. They had a podcast. They had three guys. And I was walking into the lion's den. This was a show you could call anytime they were on. And it, it should have been named Bash Billy. And um, I knew what I was walking into. And like you said, I loved every second of it. <laughs> I walked in, they had a machine set up or they were setting it up. And I said hello and I engaged the crowd and I took pictures and I talked and I answered stuff and I signed stuff. And I did all that, all that. 
and Ben Gold, your buddy, was um, on the podcast with the three guys. And then I didn't get a kill screen. Okay, I started at 9 a.m. at the show. I ended at 7. I started playing at like 9 or 10 o'clock there. And I played till 2. And I got 800 and something thousand, I think. I didn't get a kill screen. But those three guys did such a flip that the conversation they had and the positive things they had to say and the 180 degree turn they made, now they began to get hate mail and attack mail. And I thought that was like just so cool <laughs> because that's exactly what we talk about. And, and it's a place I'll go back to. And I mean, like I said, I go, I walked in with my wife. I go, oh, honey, we're going into the lion's den here. <laughs> and, uh, and she says, oh, she says, you'll get them. <laughs> and it was cool because it was the podcast and they were streaming it and I could hear everything they were saying. And as from the start, as the game went on until 2.30 when just about everybody was sleeping, you know, I heard the tone and, you know, their knowledge change because they were they were as dumb as so many other people. And I, I told them that. And just like here, I said, I can pick on you, Adam. You says, yeah. Well, there was a guy there I could pick on. I go, I go, you said the other day, you go, why don't I go in public and play and prove it? And I gave him a list of all the kill screens I had done in public on Twitch or the, or the kill screens or perfect scores on Pac-Man. He goes, well, I didn't know that. And I go, you sure talk an awful lot about something you don't know about. <laughs> and then, um, and then they had a lawyer on their show that gave a little advice. Um, what little she knew about what was going on. And she, she painted a very dark picture. I go, well, the first thing you got to do is get another lawyer. And he said something like, Oh, he goes, well, that lawyer is my wife. I go, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But again, that was just fun. We had and that fun and that humor. It breaks the tension and the monotony that built up from a group of people who never met each other, you know, and I'll very happily go back there, you know, next time I'm there at retro Palooza. number one, because I like it. But number two, they, they're a part of sponsoring or supporting Retro Palooza, um, you know, retro gaming, and that's what I'm there to support and advocate for as well. That's cool. I yeah. you know, uh, I you played my Pac-Man machine. Now there's a connection here. Mark oh. is the one that supplied <laughs> that Pac machine for me to restore to provide for the Mall of America. A few years earlier. Uh, Steve Wiebe played on my Donkey Kong machine. No, I remember I remember Steve being in Minneapolis. I do. Yeah, so he played on my machine and he, he choked out around eight hundred thousand um trying oh, yeah, to get kill screen. Out. I mean I mean how I mean somebody played eight hundred thousand on your I mean, machine must have been embarrassing for you. Now <laughs> Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. I personally got like sixty three thousand, so I think I did pretty good. <laughs> now my 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 question is: uh, so Steve uh, played. I think he ended up playing like three or four games. He took a long break. Uh, it's it's a it's a daunting task to be in public um, playing a game. Do you find it uh, more difficult to have a big audience, or does it not really matter? Do you just kind of tune it out? My wife and son and I were talking today and tomorrow I'm going to a place that I go to often. It's really loud. It's obnoxious. It's flashing lights. There's people everywhere. And that's where I go when I, when I put together games, when I, when I'm here, when I'm at home, I'm looking around, there's a TV. I hear somebody in the kitchen. I turn, I talk, 
And so being in that atmosphere that we talk about, I don't know if it forces my focus more here, not on the chat where they can't, where they can hardly hear me speak anyway. Um, it also helps because when I'm in that atmosphere, I always have somebody with me who handles the chat. But the truth is, in, I grew up playing at an arcade that was the largest arcade in the world. And it was open 24 hours, seven days a week. It was loud. The guy believed, he didn't believe in music. He believed in the games being loud and they were loud. And it was like, it was like being in a rock concert all the time. And I guess because that's what I did or how I focused, I tend to do better in, in those atmospheres. I got to say, Brian, the, the barcade that we went to when we were there in Minneapolis, yeah. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, that was like <laughs> that. I mean, that was like, you know, let's film what a fire trap is like. I mean, that was the craziest <laughs> thing in the world. So we went, but, we went to Uptown. Yeah. Oh, I know it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like on its busiest weekend ever, probably. <laughs> that was when they started. They were like that almost every night for the first year and a half, two years. It was insane. There's Those guys like paid to build out in like four months or something. I mean, like some insanely short amount of time. Yeah. They paid their whole build out. Yeah. But but no, it's that it's that atmosphere again, maybe that's more pressure. Maybe that forces more focus. Um, you know, I see other people, <clears throat> I see other people play, like you mentioned, Steve, and those people seem to do better in a quieter environment. So I'm, I'm not saying my way is the way to do it. It just, it seems to fall together better that way for me. You're trained in white noise. So yeah. one, one of the interesting things, and I'm not going to, I'm not trying to speak ill of other people or whatever, but, um, there were these studies done a long time ago, psychological studies, where they looked at performance with observation. And what they showed was as you increased your ability in a task, observers increased your performance. But if you weren't comfortable with a task, observers decreased your performance. So there's kind of this relationship where when you get better and better at something at a certain skill level, it flips and you'll perform better with observers. Whereas if you're not very skilled, more observers make you perform worse. That's interesting. So. I don't believe it. Uh, I think that there might be a lot of rock stars out there that would disagree, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is they, they did a bunch of studies with this. One of the validations of it, ironically enough, were, this is crazy, were literally um, stadiums of dead cockroaches watching cockroaches go through mazes. Hmm. That is oh. back uh, when the psychologists were doing crazy stuff. But anyways. I think those psychologists need psychologists. <laughs> wow. They probably do. I got to do something with this med school knowledge. <laughs> so you mentioned that arcade that you played back in the day. Do you remember the name of it? Yes, it was called Grand Prix. And it wasn't Malibu Grand Prix. It was just called Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Um, they they always had over 500 games. And eventually, uh, before their demise, they had over 1,200. Wow. So, yeah. Um, between Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man... Super Pac-Man, Junior Pac-Man, if you put all those Pac-Man entities together, they, they had close to 100. Wow. You, would look at the, you, you would look along the wall and you would see 13 Donkey Kongs lined up. You would see 15 asteroids along the wall. Um, it, it was incredible. It, it was the ultimate world of video games. It was in 1983, 82, 81? Well, they were actually open in the 70s, a small arcade pinball place with a go-kart track. And when the boom hit, they just kept growing and growing. And I'd say around 86 um, to 87, 
was their biggest. Then they had to change locations and they were a little smaller. And up until about three years ago, the land just became too valuable. They built a shopping center on it and the arcade was taken down. Mm. When you were... And I was, I was the very, very, very last person on the last day to walk out of there. I mean, we filmed it. It was like some kind of something for a movie one day. Yeah. When you were in that time period, was there a game that you saw come that you thought this should be something big but never made it? Um, yeah, there were a number of games. Um, some of them, because I actually was at manufacturers and I tested them, um, it's often said, and there's no real answer, what was the last great video game? Um, and I always said, and I don't know that I'm right, but I always said that it was Gauntlet because it was about around that cutoff time. Um, it wasn't a game that I got into. I just, you know, it was a four-player game, which was something relatively new. And, um, gee, what game? I wish I played more Galaxian. Not Galaga, but Galaxian. Um, I tend to play more methodical games and less reactionary games. Uh, less games like Defender, you know, more games like Pac-Man. Again, where it's methodical, where it's not reactionary, where it's mind over energy. Brian has a, a picture of you playing Kangaroo. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, when Kangaroo came out, that was supposed to be Atari's answer to Donkey Kong. And boy, what a dud. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember you playing that and saying, this is my least favorite game ever. Oh, ever. And you're like <laughs> sitting there. And um, ironically, there's a guy, I ended up selling that cabinet to a friend of mine in town because his wife loves Kangaroo. Yeah, and I'm like, I should have asked you to sign it because it would have been just, uh, it would have been perfect to have like, <laughs> I hate this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was Atari's answer to Donkey Kong, and Sega's answer I think was Congo Bongo. Huh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> have you ever played any of the Kong knockoffs, Crazy Kong, uh, uh, where they, you know, they they sort of used Crazy actually, Kong, yeah. Kong Gorilla. Mm-hmm. Um, no, never. Um, there, there weren't very many of them around. And, um, you know, when I say that I ever play them, did I play one game? Yeah, I'm sure I did. Sure. Um, but, um, there's that thing on crazy Kong where you fall through the screen. Yeah. Somebody told me about it. I didn't believe it. So I went and tried it and it worked. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I ever played a full game. It was, um, it was a lemon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting, uh, variation. I actually have it on the bit kit, and I I like to play it because it's totally wrong. But um, it's it actually gets annoying because the sounds are off and uh, colors are off and all that sort of thing. It just is there any other game? Any other games besides Pac Man and and Donkey Kong that you are uh, after a, an even bigger world record, or is there something on your radar? Or? Well, I, I promised Namco this year that I would do quite a bit with Pac-Man. And so it has a lot of focus. It's the 40th anniversary, so it has a lot of my focus right now. But the other one is um, next year, 40th anniversary, is Miss Pac-Man. Oh. So my focus will go there. And for a long, long time before my friends scooted ahead of me, I, I mean, I had the world record on that. So we'll see what happens there. Um, my son, for some reason, again, another world record game, um, he has on his mind Burger Time, and he's searching for one. Um, and I hope he doesn't find one soon, but cause I, <laughs> I, I don't need any, any more on my plate. Um, I keep promising people also that I'll go again, another world record game. I'll go back to donkey Kong jr. Um, 
but we shall see. What are your feelings on Super Pac-Man? That's actually my favorite pack game. <laughs> oh, no, wow. nope. Wow. Yeah, well, I was you had, to, watch- you, you had to ruin the conversation. By the way. <laughs> and uh, Junior Pac-Man, but Super Pac-Man. Oh. I don't know. I was it was in I was in DC. There were, you know I was in junior high. I thought I was I thought it was a great idea. I love okay. Super Pac-Man. Well, well, to be honest, it it probably is a good game. I think I never came to like it because it was too different from the earlier two. Yeah, and Junior Pac-Man was. Very similar, you know, different maze and scrolling maze. So I liked it. Um, I guess it was too different for me. Um, it's like Donkey Kong 3. It was too different. So I, I didn't embrace it. So and, and rarely, just like it in a movie, rarely is a subsequent game as good as the no, earlier one. You're not going to repeat that. I'm repeating it. Brian no. Jones says Exterminator is so much better than Donkey Kong. You know, okay. I talked to Warren Davis. First of all, do, do you know what that game is, Billy? Uh, no, but I no, but I know what Brian Jones is, and I know his experience and success in video game scores and world records. So that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Guess Touché. what, Brian? You owe me a dollar. <laughs> so we have an ongoing. There's a Joe. There's a game called Exterminator that uh, that was. It's it's a very interesting game. Created but by Adam's Warren Davis favorite. and so, Jeff Lee. Yeah, Warren Davis did not speak highly of it and created it. So, uh, yes, uh, we bring it up most shows just to drive Adam nuts. Um, he has tried to get it out of my house several times to We almost it. made it through the whole show without saying Exterminator again. Wow. <laughs> hey, to get the bad taste out of your mouth, I have another question. Excellent. Mine are always sort of uh, sidebars. So if they were to make a movie of your life, who would play you besides <laughs> yourself? Exactly. I was gonna. Oh, you screwed up. I was gonna say. Ah. Billy. Um, I'm saying Billy Mitchell's busy. Well, the rumor is that they created from me. They created the John Wick look. Ah. Uh, and since since one of the when I twist my wife's arm and I get out of her back in her day, like what her heartthrob was, the only name I she ever gave me was Keanu Reeves. So I guess I would take that and run with it. Yeah, I'd uh, buy that. <laughs> yeah, but I, um, I just got the top score. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> but it's funny that as far as in the uh, the uh, the remake that they've talked and considered about people that they've um, had that have been talked to and even scripted with. As far as me, I mean, if you could believe Tom Cruise was one, all five foot seven of them or whatever. Um, uh, Johnny Depp, are you kidding me? Um, these are, this, these are the things I'm told by the studio. Um, hmm. uh, I just, I don't know. I, I have a hard time putting my finger on it. As far as, uh, Steve, they've talked about, uh, Will Ferrell. You know, I don't, again, these are the things they, they've talked about. Um, Jim Carrey, as far as me, the, these are things they've talked about, but, um, nothing has come, and everyone always says, "What about a King of Kong 2? I mean, how close is that? It's as close as zero right now. Right. <laughs> um, well, they do. They, uh, they do have options, and the question is, would it be a remake with actors um, to some degree similar to what happened? They've written several scripts and they're not happy with it, or would it be um, the King of Kong and now what has happened afterwards? 
Huh. Again, two totally different worlds. Well, I don't. Th- it, yeah. it, it, what it sounds like, though, is that if they were to make something like that, nobody that signed up the first time would want to be on it. I would. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. You well, heard it. Well, you have to remember that you're correct in the fact that there's some people that lose sleep every night over what happened with the film. But when you look at it and you say, yeah, but it was a film. They were making a movie. Every single time I go somewhere, someone will say, what do you think about this? And this guy said this. And what about Steve Weeby that? And, and, and this guy this. And I go, they were making a movie. Yeah, but did, didn't this make you mad? I go, they were making a movie. They were creating drama, entertainment, emotion. They wanted to have your interest. And they did a good job. It's a movie. Mm-hmm. But isn't this wrong enough? I go, no, not if it's a movie. You know, and I, I do. I find peace 100% with it because... It did its job. Obviously, it did its job well. That's why we're talking about it. Um, the truth is, um, were they honest with everybody? Um, no, they weren't. Um, were they honest with the different angles they had? Well, no, they weren't. But I mean, I don't know that others would have been. I mean, I don't know if that's something that they share with anybody. Well, and Ben um, Gold said that. A, a, a little surprise to you that I'm sure you don't know is um, two producers, the director, and Steve Weeby, they have ties that go all the way back to grade school. So he knew more than anybody. <laughs> and so what? He made a movie. Yeah. 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 I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. And you know, theoretically they were all seated in a bar at a table, drinking beer, and that's where the thought and the idea of the movie was born. I didn't pull that out of a hat. That's what they told two different newspapers. Um, I assume it's correct. It was in two different newspapers. Um, and again, they had success. Does that mean everything in the movie is accurate all the way through? Come on, give me a break. Do you really got to ask me that question? Of course not. Right. Right. But, but if they told the plain truth, it'd be like National Geographic. It'd be the most boring thing in the world. You know, <laughs> I like National right. Geographic. You know, it's interesting because, I mean, you bring that up and the number of people who have actually approached me and said, you know, oh, have you ever seen this? You collect arcade games. Have you ever seen this movie, King of Kong? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm familiar with it. Um, and they did a good job of creating a movie that isn't just one that guys who have a Tempest sitting behind them will go see. They, they created a movie that people who don't know anything about arcade games will go watch. And to do that, you've got to have something other than just setting some high scores, talking about the technical things. And so that is an aspect of stuff. And it is funny because... You never go up to people that are in other movies and say, well, are you really that jerk on the screen? Correct. So No, no like, like for example, you know, the movie Rocky that everybody knows. Oh, that's a movie about boxing. No, it's not. You know, boxing is, is the tool that's used within the movie. It's like saying, oh, King of Kong's about video games. No, it isn't. It's something different. It has a different message and emotion that comes through. But speaking of what you're saying is, yeah, do you think the guy that, uh, do you think Apollo Creed walks around with his head down because... You know, he played the antagonist in Rocky or Rocky Two or whatever. I mean, no, he doesn't. Um, I, again, having come into the circles I have, I mean, I've met and laughed with a lot of different actors, people, incredible people. Um, you know, one guy told me that he was at an event and somebody went and threw blood on him. I mean, like, how sick is that? That's like, and, and I mean, he's like a normal, he's a normal actor. And there's people on the fringe of each end of it you know, these are the normal people who find a way to enjoy it or not enjoy it. And on the fringe, there's the people who love or hate 
And um, I mean, they're just, they're wild. I mean, like some people are just awesome. After the announcement, <laughs> somebody sent me this Donkey Kong cookie jar. And what was really cool was when I got it, it had cookies in it. My son ate them, but <laughs> I've seen this before as a coffee mug. And then somebody, um, this one just came, so I didn't even open it. But somebody sent me a Pac-Man mug. I mean, those are extreme enthusiasts, and obviously they're, you know, they're fans. But um, some people overwhelmingly enjoy the hobby we're talking about, I guess. Somebody sent me a jar of pickles. Yeah, probably sour, huh? <laughs> Your son was just trying to make sure there was nothing wrong with the cookies. That's why he ate them all, right? Yeah, he did. <laughs> hey, and speaking of your son, uh, Australian Kong Off 3. And, oh, boy. And, this and, is bad. Well, I mean, the placing and just with your son and like what was that experience exactly? Well, again, if I can tie it in, I it just fell together and I couldn't have it fall together better. And what I mean is, like I said, I started streaming and I – Knocked out the million point scores like that easy. And then I hit the other scores. You know, I hit them like exactly on the head. And I thought, well, that takes care of that. And then the question came to go to Australia. And I thought, gee, do I really want to go there? I mean, the guys are. They're good. And um, But it's a family thing. It's me and my son. It's a life experience. And so we went there. And the first day is just like March Madness. Um, they had dozens of players. It was awesome. The spirit there, the positive atmosphere there is uh, better than than most anything here. I'm sorry to say, if that sounds anti-American, I'm sorry. But it was it was awesome uh, what they put together. So at the end of the first day, there's 16 players, just like March Madness, just like the basketball. And on the second day, 16 play, and it's completely it's a mathematical. Number 16 plays number one. Number 15 plays two. 14 three. There's no messing around. Well. I was ranked number two after the first day, okay? Sean, the guy who won the year before, he was number one. Shane, Shane excuse me. He's a great guy. And um, so the first one, I knocked out a name that you might know. And, boy, if I hadn't knocked this guy out, boy, I, I think I'd crawl in a hole. It was Richie Knuckles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so had Richie I, on the show. I, I knocked him out. And then eight, um, 16 went down to eight, and the guy had to play – was really good. His name's Andrew Barrow. And um, um, he, he and I aren't friends for whatever reason, but he was very, very friendly there. So um, I did. I played against him. And suddenly, I mean, you get one game, one shot. That's all you get. And right off the bat, two guys of mine got knocked out. He had all four of his guys, and he was ahead of me in score. And I just kept playing. And then I was down to one guy, and he had three. And then he had two. And then he had one. Then he had none. And I still had my guy, but I was behind and I'm just slowly, methodically playing to go past his score. And I did. And I shook his hand and thanked him and all that. Well, lo and behold, now eight guys go down to four. And I'm squared off against my son. Oh. And I just says to him, I go, because um, he kept winning too. And I go, listen, I go, I, I just have you win. You can beat these guys. No. You know, he says, you better not. So then we made a pact that we were both going to try to get a kill screen that game. Um and um, he didn't have his best game, and I won. So, yes, as the papers say, he took out his own flesh and blood, the ruthless bastard. You know? <laughs> and then I played against Shane, um, the number one seed in the champion last year. And, again, good fortune comes my way, and I won. 
and I was standing up on the chairs, that pitcher with me in the belt, and I made it a point to pull Shane up there because he won last year. He placed first at the end of the first day. He's a great guy, a great player. He's a local guy. I said he was doing good because he had the advantage. He got to go home and sleep in his own bed. He didn't have to go to a hotel. <laughs> and um, so, again, going to Australia. But that was fun because as soon as I won, people said, well, he cheated. <laughs> and we said, so Jimmy Nails, all his people, all those players and all that media, they all took a knee and allowed me to win. And they said, well, I think we just have to have another contest and we won't allow Billy to be in it. Ugh. So somebody said, that's a good idea. You should have a Super Bowl and don't let Tom Brady play. <laughs> so that was the humor. But that was that was just a bunch of humor. I mean, all in all, it was an awesome experience. And unfortunately, that got, it got canceled this year. But Jimmy Nails, he puts on a big show. And the Kong off there is just, it's a part of it. I mean, it's, it's it, definitely my favorite part. But it's an awesome thing. And But I love getting the... Uh, the lip service that, geez, oh man, did you have to beat your own son? I mean, you, I mean, what the hell kind of father are you? I guess I'm just a lousy father. So you're just teaching him to achieve and try harder. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> got to well, toughen him up a little. Yeah, well, he told me if I didn't play good, he'd kill me. So that's, that's an insane. <laughs> I talked well, to him a little bit before the show, and I I asked him, you know, because he got his first kill screen not long, not not too long before that. Uh, yeah, about him. Yeah, and uh, and I congratulated him on uh, on the Kong forums, uh, and and uh, so that was cool. Or not Kong forums; it was uh, the Kong Club on Facebook. Right. Uh, yeah, because uh, and and I said, so how how did that feel? And and he just said, like when you were, I said, when you were done, did you just get up and jump around? And he's like, no, I I, I finished and I, I just walked away. I was I was like, oh, that I did it. And I said, well, I guess that's uh, that's how it goes in the Mitchell family. <laughs> just just yeah. drop Act the mic like there. and walk away. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite things to do is play and put up a great score. Put up 800, 900, uh, a million points. The game ends. Hit start and play again. Don't even get up. People say, how the hell do you do that? You just <laughs> sat there for a while. You got to play again? And I, I just I get a kick out of that. But I think that I think or everybody says that me and him are the only – the first or the only father-son kill screens. Yeah, yeah. So now, now we're trying to get my wife to play, but she's not going for it. So, <laughs> so when is the next Kong off in Australia? Oh, um, well, I guess it'll be next year because this one was canceled completely. Not delayed, not postponed, but canceled. Yeah. And then in the U.S., the next Kong off should be in, um, should be in March, and it'll be the 10th anniversary. So it would be at uh, Richie's Arcade in New Jersey. Okay. Somebody should get some new bases for machines done by then. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> There's a question, couple of questions in the chat. Um, and uh, Planet Scott well, has been some, throwing some well, trivia. Well, give, me some give me some tough questions, will you? <laughs> well, so I, oh, these aren't really tough ones. I gotta, like, we got to make them a little bit happy here, right? I, so somebody wanted to know, do you ever wear anything other than a shirt and tie? Um, I wear pants. <laughs> hey. hey that's nice that's the opposite of what we do <laughs> oh yeah we don't wear pants we don't wear pants yeah, yeah see that's it's all yeah i don't want off, the right? three you, i don't want the three you guys to stand up <laughs> i don't think you do no and then uh and then there was a question uh that came up as have you ever been asked to be in the mainstream films but then you were also recently in a film weren't you 
Yes, um, the films I've been in at first were films where I played me and I played in the gaming world. Um, then about a year ago, a little more than that, I played in a film. I wasn't a main character. I think I was number seven down the line. And I played um, um, somebody other than me, a very wealthy, successful uh, racehorse owner. And um, again, it was not a major part, but the guy said, he contacted me and he says, I wrote this part, I wrote the script, I wrote the lines exactly with you in mind. He said, you know, you gotta help me with this. And what was funny was when I went there and we did the filming, before we did the filming, I'm going over the script and I go, no, that isn't right. And he goes, no, and I go, no, I wouldn't say that, I'd say this. And I, I literally, I cockied it up, you know? <laughs> and, um, and so it was a lot of fun. And I haven't seen the film yet. It's called The Fiddling Horse. Okay. Um, but, but apparently it's won at um, different um, film festivals. But now there's one coming up that um, I'm supposed to be not be me. Um, the main character, and it's not gaming. It's just flat out me. And it's called uh, Sans Human. However, they told me now that they're changing the name. But I, uh, I, play, I play a really bad guy. And the truth is, at the end, though, when the movie ends, this bad guy, you realize in the end he was right. And that the person he was dealing with is truly more wicked. So he was right, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, I play I play a bad guy who's is, it, is that out now? Like, can we go to Netflix and check that out? Or where, oh, no, that's what I mean. It hasn't. I mean, I oh. have this. I have the script. It right. hasn't been filmed. We were oh. supposed to start filming um, last month, but the world and its problems. But they did inform me that, that they're changing the name. I don't know the new name. The Fiddling Horse is on Amazon Prime. Yeah, The Fiddling Horse, that's on Amazon Prime now. Okay. I'll check nice. so, yeah, I'm going to check that out, too. All right. Is there any other questions from the audience, guys? Do you have, do you have anything other? to plug? Oh, wait. Sorry to interrupt you. Wait, well, there was another question. This is a more slightly more complicated one. Are there any accomplishment in classic games that are still to be done that you've kind of said this would be a cool thing, whether it's you or somebody else, but is there something that you've seen in classic games that Super you'd like Batman. to see somebody accomplish? <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody, I'm, I'm going to do something I hope. Things could always get delayed. I'm going to do something I hope in November that'll make the three of you jump out of your seat. <laughs> Then you don't want to see that. We no, you don't want to see the problems that. With oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. The three of you fall out of your chair. Yeah, there, there you go. go. <laughs> so um, it'll it'll be big. Um, I don't know if it'll be here in the U.S. or if I'll be traveling out of the country, but it's something I've had on a hit list that I know I can do um, that people don't know I can do and um, people wouldn't suspect. And. Boy, are there going to be people who lose sleep over this one? It's a frisbee golf game. So, <laughs> but um, New exterminator high score. Hey, cut that out. Yeah. So, so as I as I look and I say to myself, "Gee, what can people do?" Um, me or anyone else? Discus. Other than that thing that I mentioned, um, nothing that'll be nothing that'll be shocking. No, I, I can't think of it. Um, again, I get a kick out of going to each venue. And there's people just like you say, where you s sat there and watched me play, and you were like, "Well, I heard about this, and I heard about that, but oh my gosh, look at this!" Um, yeah, I, I mean, I hope to continue to do that. One of the problems I face, and I, I started going on Twitch, which I didn't want to do. Well, now the people are on there. Some people, 
who I knew and I knew from the past, you know, it might be like if you went on there and I go, oh, hi. And oh, hi. And oh, hi. And so now there's 10 and 20 and 50 people on there that I kind of know and I've met. And so now, you know, I'm having that friendship. And then there's people that are on there all the time and you create a friendship. And the guy says, oh, I haven't, you know, uh, watched this week because I've been moving. Oh, great. Where'd you move? And so you have this friendship, friendship, friendships. Yeah. And now, I mean, I was asked recently, you know, do you plan on not streaming? And I sit here and say to myself, how can I not? I mean, you develop friendships and you're not just going to close the door on them and walk away. And it sort of pins you in a, I guess, a very good place, but, you know, a place where you're cornered. I mean, you wouldn't walk away. I guess I would probably um, stream more scheduled and maybe less, but you wouldn't want to gain, give up the friendships you've gained. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's actually a good spot for us to round up for tonight. Hey, Billy, would you stay with us for a little bit after the outro? And sure. And, and you wanted to ask me if I had anything to plug. Yes, anything yes. to plug. Yeah. Well, what it is is people always say, where can I go or how can I hear about this yes. or classic gamings? Because when you pick up the typical, you know, whatever game, mm-hmm. you hear about everything other than classic gaming. Um, the one place is if you go to uh, Old School Gamer Magazine. Um, that's where you hear about nothing but old school gaming. And Ryan and is in the chat tonight. So Ryan's in the chat. Yep. Well, Ryan's kind of like a stalker <laughs> in a good way. As you guys know, there's, I'm sure, and I don't even have to look, there's certain people in that chat every single day. They know what I'm doing, where I am. I never, ever leave their mind, which is kind of scary. <laughs> now with Ryan, it's a positive thing because he's always trying to put his thumb on top of what's going on in the old old school gaming world. Mm-hmm. So uh, I picked you know, up a copy of Old School Gamer. I, I would have never believed that in today's world that you could successfully put together something about classic gaming. You just you wouldn't survive. It's just a matter of economics. Yeah. But somehow he's done it, and um, and I'm ashamed to t- admit to him that I didn't think he'd be successful, but he is, and so that's awesome. I had to one. That's great. Yeah, we. I look forward to talking to him more. Uh, I picked up a magazine a couple years ago at MGC, uh, and then promptly forgot the name of it on the beginning of the show. So that's old school gamer, and you guys should pick it up. Go to the go to the website. Anything else to plug, Billy? Anything new? No. All right. Maybe maybe plug your show. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a, we'll do that in a second. And I think uh, first of all, just thanks for being on the show. Uh, and thanks, Chatters, for keeping it, you know. Oh, wait, Billy. Keep staying classy. Yes, thanks for stay, staying classy. Uh, Dolly says, hey, I have one more question. What shampoo do you, what shampoo do you use? Is it the Tears of Fallen Gamers? <laughs> no, but I'm going to try that one next. Yes. <laughs> All right, with that, we're, we're going to wind things up. Stick with us after the show a little bit, Billy, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get this thing wrapped up. Oh my gosh, here comes the outro music. You can feel it. Is everybody on that tab? I think everybody should be on that tab. All right, <laughs> thanks for listening in. This has been the Double R's. That's Arcade Radio. Like us on Facebook at Arcade Radio. I forgot our semi never the updated blog at Arcade Radio. That's R C A D E R A D I O dot com. That's right. Call and, call and leave comments and questions on the game line 612 548 GAME. That's 4263 in case you can't spell GAME. <laughs> Do you like Arcade Radio? Become an Arcade Cadet. 
and to support the show by subscribing to Patreon over at uh, our Patreon campaign over at patreon.com slash arcade radio. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's like right down there right now. Click on the notification bell so you know when we're streaming live. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play, Music, and wherever podcasts are streamed. All right, that's going to be for the show from Arcade Radio. We hope you had a great time, and we'll see you on the next episode. This is the dramatic outro. Everybody got their pants off? I mean, on? Off? What? I need to hear a couple of honks. Yep. Digging it. How how time they Brian? Alright. I feel a hang up coming on. <laughs>